Welcome to Fandom, bitch. <laughs> I'm Jumpin' Joe Hogan, a.k.a. DJ Jambot 5000, a.k.a. Professor Hojo, a.k.a. Epic Grays, if you're looking for me in video games and social media. And I'm Ray Vargas, who gets to talk during the intro because Rob put me in the outline. You're welcome, welcome to episode 172 of Geektitude, a geek culture podcast that celebrates the inner geek in all of us. I am here not only with Ray, but also Rob and of sometimes and oh my goodness also rob of and sometimes rob a podcast that by his numbers you've probably never listened to <laughs> for shame so yes as you could tell we don't have the regular opening because rob is on the show and loves to change my show notes i do and i don't i don't get yelled at for it the fact that people are laughing means it's okay my wife keeps telling me like you know sometimes you complain that people don't put out an episode or a missing co-host and that you're not asked to join them. Do you ever wonder if that's why? <laughs> that I'm notorious for derail, like I derail tea time every time I'm on tea time or every time I'm on Geektitude, I change the show notes. That's funny. It's it's true. I'm not going to apologize for it because I think it's funny, but no, you should. It's you understandable. Should it all. Yeah, it's understandable. So so, how have you been, Rob? I've been great. Uh, we just finished recording part one of what may turn into a many part uh, <laughs> series on uh, DC fandom. Uh, beyond that, I'm doing surprisingly well for quarantine. I've been um, actually, I've been exercising, which is a thing that I, I used to do a little bit, but I like, I work out maybe four times a week. Now I get my 10,000 steps in almost every single day. We spent money on some exercise equipment um, so that we can, we can work out from home and not have to go to the gym. Um, so it's all about, you know, trying to be healthy and stuff. And and shocker, uh, physical activity helps <laughs> when mm-hmm. it comes to being stuck inside and trying to <laughs> not get depressed, you know. Um, but uh, it's been good. And I, I was telling you guys earlier, I'm squishing wet carpet under my, my feet because I came back into my office to set up, but we just washed the carpets in here. So it's like uh, it's like Brian Wilson, you know, putting his feet in the sand so we can feel the beach, except uh, whatever the version of that is with wet carpet. Right. What you're feeling the wet dog. I'm f- yes. Mm, just squishing my toes in that wet dog. Speaking of DC fandom. <laughs> oh, well, we're just jumping right in. I think that's awesome. Um, let's before we do that, let's let's do a quick weekly geekery. Um, but yes, this is uh, if, if you listen to Rob's um, and sometimes Rob episode, which is part one of this, we'd said, oh, we're going to put this out later. We get a week in between us. No, we decided that we get too long winded and you're just going to have to deal with it. Because if you think <laughs> if you think Ray and I by ourselves are bad, you add Rob into it. And we could be basically this could be our entire weekend. Yeah. <laughs> so so let's jump to weekly geekery real quick. Um, Rob, what have you been up to? So the second part of my geekery, and I'm going to go through this real quick, like uh, in doing the the washing of the carpets and stuff like that, you know, it's a lot of slowly walking. I listened through all of Adventure Zone graduation up to this point. I have been holding off. There's like 22 episodes of that podcast, and I hadn't touched it yet. I kept uh, deleting the episodes after they downloaded because I wanted to binge it, and I just did that thing. And... Um, so I'm happy I did that. I started playing uh, the Avengers beta. And then once, you know, that was only during like two weekends and I couldn't get in. Um, I started playing a game called Dying Light, 
which is a zombie parkour game where like <laughs> okay you're, so it's zombies and it's a first person game where you're running around but the idea is uh you're kind of like a free runner so it sort of combines aspects of like uh mirror's edge where it's a first person parkour running game with the fact that there's zombies. So if you fall to the ground, you can, you know, hit them with your weapon, shoot them if you have guns. But the majority of the time you're trying to stay out, out of their reach by jumping off of, you know, rooftops onto cars, onto trains, onto, you know, whatever. Um, so it's kind of an interesting game. It's an older one. And then uh, I am still working on my DC animated universe watch through. I'm almost done. I am on season two of Justice League Unlimited right now. And that is on the, the, ill-fated DC Universe app. That's, uh, yeah. I, I'm hoping that just gets moved over and it'll give me another excuse to uh, to do whatever HBO is calling HBO Max, I guess. Um, because I would like to to enjoy some of that stuff, but I'm, I don't have HBO right now. <laughs> I, can't, I, can't, I can't have 10, <laughs> well, I can have 10. No, we all have to be fairly oh, You can. And I do. <laughs> Some of us have to be fairly so. <laughs> Some of us are yeah. quarantined alone. Yes. Yeah, I'm just going to say that's the big difference. Two of us have spouses. One of us doesn't. <laughs> uh, okay. Well, Ray, how about you? Uh, well, this is going to be part two of my week of geekery. If you listen to part one, uh, you'll hear me talk more in depth about the new YouTube channel that I'm obsessed with, which is called Cartoonist Kayfabe. It's run by Ed Piscor and Jim Rugg. You should check that out. Um, and for this part two of my weekly geekery, um, we're, you know, we're recording this, uh, the weekend, uh, that, uh, it was announced that Chadwick Boseman, unfortunately, uh, sadly, and, uh, passed away. And so, Look, look for, I believe, Joe, we're going to be public, uh, reposting our original Black Panther review. Is that, is that right? Yeah, that's, that's what that'll go up, uh, probably this afternoon or tomorrow morning. Okay, great. So look for that. And, and I've been on a Chadwick Boseman binge watching spree this weekend. Um, caught up with 42, caught up with, um, Marshall caught up with Get On Up, which is amazing. I forgot how amazing that movie is. Uh, and I also started rewatching the Marvel movies that featured um, Black Panther, which surprisingly, a lot of those movies hold up. Every, every time I go back to the MCU, I'm just like, find something different that is very appealing. Th this past weekend with re-watching Civil War. You know, Civil War, I know you and I, Joe, were excited about that when it first came out and we did a review. And I think since then, whenever it comes up, comes up you and I talk about um, whether or not it continues to hold up. I know it's one of your favorite MCU movies. Mm -hmm. um, it, it kind of depreciated in value for me a little bit as, as you know, uh, uh, we moved on to other Marvel movies to be excited about. But just watching it yesterday... It's a fantastic action movie. Yeah. And I think that that's something that the MCU movies do have, have done for me anyway, is they occupy the the 80s and 90s like action movie genre for me. You know, the Russo brothers, I just love the way they film action. So like Civil War, um uh Infinity War, 
um, Endgame, the action is amazing. And especially, obviously, with the introduction of Black Panther in Civil War and getting to see all this hand, this cool hand-to-hand combat and stunt work. Um, I've been geeking out on that stuff all weekend long. That's awesome. Yeah. That's cool. What about you, Joe? Um, well, the big thing I think right now is I'm trying to get my a, a new character in WoW up to max level because they announced that the new expansion is coming out um, in about a month and a half. It's coming out in oct- late October. And so I want to get my... Uh, I, I had to roll a new character because I started with a new guild on a new server that I didn't have any characters on. And it was it was funny because... I, I don't remember if I've talked about this on the show. I may have done it in the last weeks, but uh, I just joined a new guild because I was going through the um, the World of Warcraft message boards and never have I been hit by an advertisement for a guild and gone, oh my God, that's where I need to be. And I read this thing and they're like, we just hang out sometimes and have coffee and that's okay. If you want to be a hardcore creator, this probably isn't the place for you, but we're going to try, gosh darn it. And I'm like, I love these people. I need to find out more. So I, I got in contact with the the guild leader, and she's like, well, what do you do for a living? And I said, well, I'm a, I'm a, a theater teacher. And she's like, oh, my God, I am a voice actress. And we just we, we talked for like a half hour on Discord. And so I have found a new home, and hopefully this will be – the permanent one, because as everybody who's been following us for a while knows, I bounce around guilds pretty, pretty regularly, but this <laughs> one's got a good feel and I love everybody in it. So, so that's the big thing I've been working on. Um, I'll be getting through, through that. Issue. I'm so tempted to ask you questions and I'm like, wait, we stay focused. We got fandom <laughs> to talk about. <laughs> well, I'll give you one. I'll give you one question. What I, is that not, normal for for people to jump around to different guilds i mean i don't you know everything i know i know from you so the 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 goal like the dream is to have that one guild that you guys are so close together that you like travel to meet each other and you hang out at blizzcon together mm. and you know i had that for the first three or four expansions because uh my brother and i were in a guild with people that i still keep in contact with but none of them play anymore mm. and i've never been able to really get that feeling back um but this group, you know, they they don't have an overwhelming number, but not so few that there's never anybody on. Um, everybody's got a good sense of humor. They're very strict about what you can and cannot talk about in, um, in in guild chat. And and I knew I knew that this was the right place for me when the guild leader messaged me on Discord and was up ridiculously apologetic for not asking my pronouns. And I'm like, okay, you know what? These people are awesome. And yeah. I, I want to hang out with them on, on the regular. So you're on discord and Slack and other communication platforms. I, 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 I am my, my Twitter game has been awful. Uh, so I, I have not been keeping up with Twitter. I have been better about discord since I've been working from home because I can just have it on my second or third screen. Mm-hmm. Slack? Yeah. Slack. Um, Slack's been kind of slow lately, I think. Okay. Yeah. I've been on Discord a lot, and every time I'm on Discord, I feel so guilty for not being on Slack. 
So yeah. Cool. So that's that is that's where we're at. Uh, we're gonna stop real quick for our advertisements, and then we're gonna dive into DC's fandom. We'll be right back. Which I wrote. <laughs> <laughs> when toxic culture has you down. When you're just looking to laugh and have fun. Kick back and enjoy watching a video game. Or just make some new friends. It's time to visit the geek to geek Media Network. A community of podcasters, streamers, and bloggers. Well, more of a family than a community. All dedicated to geeking out about the things we love. Things like... Video games! Star Wars! Comics! Movies! K-pop! Disney Plus! Keanu! Keanu Reeves! New! Or whatever our community decides is the next best thing. That's right. We have a great online community on Slack and Discord where we chat about our weekly geekery with listeners and viewers. And each other. Yep, and each other in real time, and we can't wait for you to join us. So come check us out at geek2geekmedia.com. And escape toxic fandom for something much more... Keanu? Yes, Keanu. All right, so as I had mentioned, we are doing part two of what probably is going to be a four-parter on DC's fandom, and so... If you want to hear about what we thought about it in general, and I think we covered uh, the Gotham Knights video game and Wonder Woman on And Sometimes Rob. And I think now we're starting with the Sandman universe entering the dreaming. I know nothing about this. I am I have not followed Sandman, even though I have wanted to for many years. Rob? I have read... I never made it past, I think, the third trade because Sandman is pretty dense. Mm-hmm. And my understanding of it is very much like a um, – it's not a comic you binge. Mm-mm. Like it's meant to be one where you take sort of each each trade is sort of its own story arc, which is often a take on, on a, another type of, of story or another story. Um, and so you're kind of to take it in stages. So beyond that, my relationship with the Sandman universe is uh, I did read all of Lucifer, mm. uh, the original run which was a spinoff of Sandman. So this one's mostly in race court. Yeah, I was, I mean, I, as I mentioned in part one of this series, uh, I came in to, with the birth of image comics at like 13 years old and uh, was obsessed with, you know, all of the cool artwork, the flashy artwork. And then I think I was around 16 when a friend of mine handed me uh, the first issue of the death miniseries written by Gaiman, drawn by Chris uh, Bacalo, Bacalo. And uh, I'm going to figure out one of these days how that's pronounced. And um, I was blown away. It was a whole different way of doing comics that I had never been exposed to at that time. And just wanting more of that led me to the Sandman series. And uh, I I also took it in chunks um, with time in between just because those trades were super expensive for me as a teenager. And <laughs> it was like, even though there was already a, f- a couple out, I was like, I can't really justify to my parents like spending all this money at once on mm-hmm. these comic books. And um, but I was just so eager to get my hands on the next one and the next one and like saving up and, you know, having having the money and the, and the time to just sit and like absorb each book. And I caught up and then, you know, you have to wait a year before the next book comes out. If you're, if you're doing trade reading, which is what I love to do. And uh, yeah, I was obsessed. I love this series. And since I collected all of the trades, I have gone back and just binged the entire thing, like one after another, after another 
uh, for, for however long it, you know, it takes me to read each book with the rest of life going on. Um, so I've been, I mean, I, I've been eagerly anticipating some kind of adaptation of this story. Uh, and I've always hoped that it would be a series. So I'm really happy that, you know, a couple of the movie uh, treatments fell through. Uh, I'm hoping this series treatment doesn't fall through and they go through with it. Um, I'm really shocked at a couple of things about this. And these are really my only notes on this one. I'm really shocked that this is going to be a Netflix series and not an HBO series. Doesn't that seem weird to you guys? DC really seems to like disseminating their properties. Um, but yeah, I, I feel like it must've been a deal that was inked before HBO max became mm-hmm. a thing. Yeah. yeah. But again, you think about how widely spread a lot of DC stuff is. Is it still widely spread? I mean, I think they're sort of consolidating things on the CW. Um, and now I guess there is DC Universe and HBO. Maybe not. Yeah. Maybe maybe I'm thinking of Marvel because Marvel was certainly spread all over the place. Well, it's true. I guess the CW shows are on Netflix still, right? Um, I don't know. Are they Flash? Is Flash? On, I don't think it's on HBO Max because I have the HBO Max streaming service, and it's not on there. I yeah, they would be. I, they would be up until however long, right? Until that that contract is ended. And you know what? I just I looked up during our last um the the last episode we just recorded, Rob. Um, apparently Warner Brothers purchased a huge stake in Rocksteady Games. Oh, I believe it. Yeah. So there, that's like a you know. <laughs> that's a thing that that's happening as well. So they are, I feel like consolidating on even, even in that media, but um, yeah, I'm just surprised it's, it's, you know, and, and it actually makes me worried that maybe it's not going to happen. Obviously production has stalled, you know, because of the pandemic, but I'm just like, fingers crossed. Um, I like the idea of Joseph Gordon Levitt playing Morpheus when that project was kind of in the works a couple years ago. I don't know currently how far along they are, but um, that always seemed like a like a cool casting decision. And then the, the second note that I had about this was just that the 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 series because it was published in the eighties, the the story aspects that take place in quote unquote present day were all eighties, and and that actually has a huge influence in the in the tone of the book. Yeah, and they announced that all the present day stuff is going to be actual like two thousand twenties like present day. Hmm. So I'm really curious about how that's going to change the story a little bit or have an impact. Yeah, that whole '80s vertigo, '80s horror with John Constantine, well, Hellblazer, right? It's the name yes. of the comic, and uh, which I've read all of, or Alan Moore's Swamp Thing. Um, God, and just the art styles that yes. you would see in '80s uh, yes. horror comics or '80s, you know, vertigo books. And that, like, that goth style, like, Death's makeup being based on Susie Sue and the Banshees and, like, that sort of, all that stuff, all that, that punk ethos kind of look is all woven into this book and this story. So, Because aren't we even in, like, post-emo now? I'm I'm so out of touch with with young people, but I feel like we're we're even past that phase. I mean, depending on how you want to look at, you know the way Robert Pattinson looks in the Batman trailer. Yeah. Um, I think, I think Jared Leto was the, um, the SoundCloud rapper version of Joker. So we're, yeah. we're beyond that at this point. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so those, I mean, yeah, that's, you know, I watched that panel in, in kind of live as it was happening. And, and first thing I thought was, wow, DC Warner brothers really put a lot of money into this fandom event because Holy shit. There's like, 
actors and actresses and like, you know, celebrities and, and writers and artists and like all kinds of people were involved in, in, in this event. And so that was cool to see. But then, um, yeah, just really curious in hearing Neil Gaiman talk about these aspects of it going, how is that going to work? But we'll see. Uh, th- those are my notes on the Sam. It, it's, of course, I'm going to end up diving back into that trade, to that story. Right. <laughs> As this is coming out, I'm going to, I already know I'm going to go back and, and read through those books, which are really, really amazing. Well, my, wanna, my biggest hope hear- is that it makes me a little bit more, it makes it a little bit more accessible to me because I've, I've, it is very dense. And so the way I tend to, to read comics is in spurts and you can't, as you said, you can't binge that very easily unless I, maybe, maybe once you've read it through it once, it's easier, but I I've bounced off of it so many times, but Joe, it's something I do want to, I do want to do. What? There's so much Shakespeare in there. I'm surprised there you bounced is. off of it. <laughs> but here's the thing, Joe, I have a solution for you, which is the one of the only notes that I wrote on mine is uh, Audible recently created a full cast audiobook. That's right. Oh, wow. of Sandman with James McAvoy, I believe, as That's Morpheus right. and Neil Gaiman as the narrator. They oh. talked about they talked about that in the panel, right? I believe they did. Yeah, but yeah, I've heard did. about it. I mean, it's advertised on like uh, Fat Man on Batman, uh, Kevin Smith and Mark Bernardin's uh, podcast. They, um, it's one of the ads they run is for this audiobook. So I say. I say jump at that and and see if um, that does anything for you. Yeah, yeah, that might actually help me a lot. Cool, awesome. Yeah. All right. Um, and then we have introducing Flash, which was their um, kind of hype panel for the Flash movie with Ezra Miller. Um, how are we feeling about that? Oh man. <laughs> Rob? <laughs> uh, so what I wrote down was uh, that it's going to be a time travel story and the image that they showed to tease it had a new suit that was built for the flash by Bruce Wayne. Uh, and it appears to show the Michael Keaton Batman standing behind him. Mm-hmm. And the key quote that I wrote down or just the phrase that I quoted was the DC cinematic multiverse. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They are putting a lot of chips on the table in the hopes that I'm going to say the popularity of the Flash TV show bolsters a large enough audience for people to want to go see a Flash movie and that enough people will see that Flash movie and ingest what I assume is going to be 80% fan service and setup for future films and possibilities uh, in the way that people are thinking Dr. Strange and the, the multiverse of madness might be where it's to open up for the possibility of more storytelling um, for DC films. Basically they're going to use this to say all that stuff you didn't like, just kidding. Right. Mm-hmm. And all that stuff that you loved when you were a kid. Yes. Right. But that it still exists, but it's also hard because like you, they also just made Joker. Mm hmm. Yes, And Joker is just its own thing and they can do it. And you don't need to have uh, the flash run by uh, Jacqueline Phoenix dancing down the stairs for us to know that that's a thing that exists. But that is that hard. I think that's cool. What that, you know, that Joker story exists in its own timeline. Oh, absolutely. And I'm just, the point I'm making is I don't know that they need the flash film in order to, uh, 
tell everybody that it's okay. We can start telling stories outside of this DC universe. You know, it's like they're, they're worried that the, the, the movie going audience needs a connective thread instead of them just saying, no, we're just going to tell a different movie. The same way that the animated films are like, we're going to do Gotham by gaslight now, you know, well, and it yeah. doesn't have to have anything to do with any of the other stuff we put out before. But what I love is that it's, this makes it connected still. I like that. It's connected without being connected. You know what I mean? And I feel like that's something that as comic book fans, we're used to, but I don't know that movie going audiences are, you know. Well, isn't that what the, what crisis on infinite earths and all these different things is they kind of get to a point where they just don't know what else to do with the comics. And so they just kind of shuffle it up. And at the end you keep the stuff that you like and you get rid of the stuff that wasn't working and you're still on the same track. Isn't that kind of what they've done several times? I mean, is as a comic book fan, don't you have a bit of nostalgia for that kind of thing at this point? I do. Oh, I'm I'm all for the idea of the Flash taking a trip through the multiverse and then seeing an old Michael Keaton Batman. Yeah, and see, you know, oh, yeah, and definitely. and like, no, no, I'm I'm all for those things because that potentially introduces a younger audience to those stories. It's just I, whenever I look at, especially like superhero films, I, I try to look at it from the point of view of a fan, and then I try to look at it from the point of view of the studio because it's the you know, like Avengers Age of Ultron had a story, but so much of that movie was set up. And that's why they pissed off Joss Whedon and he left. Yeah. Because they're like, no, you have to do this and you have to do this and you have to do this. And so I look at it from the point of view of the studio being like, okay, what do we want to accomplish if we're building out a cinematic multiverse? You know, once you connect them, it means they have to be connected for a while, at least in the eyes of the fans. So it's just that idea of like, what are you going to force into this story versus just telling a really good flash time travel story? So like, yeah. I really, I really look for a strong story. I would love the idea of we get to see, you know, Ben Affleck, Batman, but he's gone totally rogue or he's gone bad or he's a vampire. Now, you know, they dig into some famous Elseworld stories. Yeah. Absolutely. Because if it takes this for us to get to that level of storytelling, do it. Exactly. But exactly. I, but the thing is, I feel like we got that with Joker. Well, I feel like they already made that jump to I, we're just going to tell a story and it doesn't have to be connected to any of the other stories that you've known before, but it's not a reboot. It's just a story. But this is like you said, this is catching everyone up, though, because I, I think between between Days of Future Past and Infinity War and now Flashpoint Every, I feel mm. like movie audiences will be caught up now to comic book storytelling. Like for me, I don't bounce off of the of the Thor cave scene in in Ultron. I don't. I don't. That doesn't bounce off of me. And maybe you know, if I was just a movie goer, but but when that happens, my comic book geek goes, "Oh yeah, you know, Executioner's song did kind of suck." You know what I mean? Or what? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, 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 like yeah. it's just like, oh yeah, there was those two fill-in pages by that one artist, and I was like, ugh, I just kind of read through it real quick and get back to my story. Like that, it just it's it's involuntary at that point that that happens for me. So I'm still able to really enjoy the hell out of Ultron, out of Age of Ultron. So I think that the, these kinds of things are. I, I do think we need to catch everyone up, not in the sense of, oh, hey, we can just tell the story if we want, but hey, we're telling the story and it's still connected to the thing that you're into or the, or the bigger story that we're telling. I really like that. So now 
you can do a, you know, um, Elseworlds story and just call it Elseworlds and everyone knows what that means. I think that's great. I think that, and I will, I will completely give you that. There is certainly something for me as a fan when I see it and, and, you know, um, Thor has his hot tub scene and, <laughs> and you see all of the, the infinity stones, right. Rather than the gems and they all sort of explode and they kind of sort of show the gauntlet around it. And you as a fan are going <gasps> like, I know what yes. this is. This is yes. a thing that's exciting. You're showing me a thing that I like. But I, I maybe it's just after so many movies, I'm trying to set the bar a little higher for myself personally, right, instead right. of just the this is the first time we're going to see this character in live action. And I'm like, I you want to maintain that level of of geeky love for the thing to be like the fact that you did it at all. You know, like yes. we can talk about it with Suicide Squad, the fact that, you know, they're putting polka dot man in a movie, yes. you know, like the fact that you're doing that all is a thing that, that we can appreciate, but after a certain point, I can't help, but let the cynical side of me come in and say, well, they're doing it because they know they can now because somebody else did it first. Right. And now they know that they can do it just to make money because isn't it funny? Isn't it irreverent? So it's, it's, but I completely give you what you're talking. About. It's like the Walt Simonson Thor run where for like a year, he would sprinkle in Surtur building the sword that would bring about Ragnarok in like half a page or two pages. And it was just this epic slow roll that then built to something amazing. It's just, again, you know, the cynical part of me comes in and says, okay, but then if the movies suck, they're just not going to make anymore. And you end up with dark universe over at universal (laughs) where they, where they try to do the setup and they try to do it, but it doesn't pay off. And then you're left hanging. Like when your favorite comic book gets canceled before they finish out the plot line. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that's the other part that comic fans are, are very familiar with, but not in a good way. Yeah. Well, I'm still firmly in that, you know, just geeking out that they're even doing it phase. So to me, this is the kind of fan service that I like this kind of like, Hey, we're going to weave, find a way to weave in, you know, even though it wasn't meant to be this way in the, in the first place, we're going to, we're going to attempt this and make it work. Um, And I swear, I almost see the little editor's asterisk box in the corner saying, see amazing Spider-Man. Like, (laughs) yes, I almost see that in my brain and it just makes me so fucking happy. And so should we roll the dice and, and, and pray that into the spider verse two does a asterisk into the spider verse. I could see them doing it. I could see them being smart enough to do that. Awesome. Um, it also, Makes me curious about the suit because we know that Flash is getting a new suit. We know that it's it's going to be more streamlined and it's yeah. going to be uh, built for him in the in the in world. It's going to be built for him by Batman, right? Yep. And that's mm-hmm. why it looks the way it does, which I'm happy about um, because I I kind of bounce off the the like padded kind of like armor looking versions of these superhero costumes and I'm, and that goes for the upcoming the batman movie that goes for you know the flash look that we've seen so far in the movies i just i bounce off of that really heavy even early captain america a lot of captain america actually that kind of padded you know armor look i just i bounce off of that yeah i see that um anything else about flash i mean it is kind of still in the yeah, we're telling you not all of the things to do a full episode on the the oh, three right. word 
I three word statement DC Cinematic Multiverse. <laughs> La- last thing I'll say is I wonder if they're going to give Keaton because this is going to be older Batman, right? I would. Well, if it's Keaton, you'd think, but who knows? Is I mean, he it, going can to de-age anybody. Right. Is he going to be able to turn his head in whatever version of the Batman <laughs> costume? I hope not. I hope they I hope they do the dramatic <laughs> thing where he has to do the full upper body turn. Right. And then they do the uh, the slash of light across his eyes. Right. Will he have figured that out yet in his universe? Not according <laughs> to that picture. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> All right. All right. Because <laughs> if he's traveling through time, that would mean he would potentially pop up in the 1989 Tim Burton universe. Yes. Mm-hmm. Or the mm-hmm. or the 2020 version of the Tim Burton universe. Like that timeline kept going, right? Yeah. I can only imagine what would happen to Tim Burton's Gotham City. Dude. <laughs> it's not architecturally sound. No. That's what I want to see. <laughs> That's what I want to see. Is that a is that a world that gets woken to how many people Batman kills in those movies? <laughs> uh, God, let's make that happen. All right. All right. Speaking of So yeah, speaking murderous of murderous heroes. <laughs> cast of thousands. My God. Okay, Suicide Squad. That's this is gonna probably be the big one for this this episode. Um, there are close to 20 characters in this thing. And I've gotta ask. It, have we have we jumped have we jumped the king shark so badly that we are um, not going to get any sort of actual character development whatsoever? You know, Joe jumped the James Gunn was right there. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> it's true. But I figured since one of the characters was King Shark, I'd go that. That's a good point. Yeah, jump the yeah. gun is a different. That's a different thing. You're right. Okay. Well, I think we're no. I think we know. Uh, Harley Quinn is going to be a main character. Mm-hmm. Um, you have Idris Elba in a movie, so I don't know how much Idris Elba is willing to just guest star for 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, I expect most of those characters are going to die. That's the whole point of, of Task Force X, a.k.a. the Suicide Squad. So, no, I think it's very much they're they're showing us how many characters are going to be in the movie. I don't expect most of them to still be standing by the the time the credits roll. So I think if we see character development, um, it's just going to be with the two or three characters that'll make it through the entire film with everybody else dying around them. Like, remember the remember. Uh, oh, what was his name? And I, I want to call him Zipline. Because, right. <laughs> but his name was um, um, not Noose. Um, it was a like term for strangulation, right? Was the name of the the guy that dies immediately in the other Suicide Squad movie? Oh, right. yeah, yeah. It's a he can scale any building. You're like, oh yeah, he's gonna die real quick, isn't he? Yeah. Well, I mean, okay. Do we think we're gonna get like a X Force from Deadpool kind of scene where they just like it's yes. just in the first fifteen minutes and they're just all gone and they've built up the fact that these characters are gonna be um, in the show and they're in the movie and they're gonna be in the movie for all of five minutes? Yeah. I mean, he literally tweeted out, "Don't get too attached." That was literally the first tagline attached to this property. I think exactly. we're we might even see a montage or something. You know, they go through multiple missions. Because they haven't told us what the MacGuffin is for this one yet. We don't know what the big mission is. So I would still think it's um, going through uh, multiple missions and we'll see people come and go as as they die and get replaced. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, Nathan Fillion's playing a character called TDK. 
I am. I expect him to be in the movie for two minutes. Yeah, exactly. Which when I saw TDK, I thought the Dark Knight, but that's not what TDK stands for. The 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 knockout kid, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, the the not the knockout. Is it the knockout kid? No, knockout doesn't start with the letter D. Yeah, no, it's something along those lines, though. It's based off the knock. Oh, the detachable. Uh, it's it's oh, so it's based on arm fall off boy. Yeah, yeah, basically. <laughs> and it's called the the detachable kid. The detachable kid. <laughs> um, this is my most anticipated movie, uh, DC movie coming out right now. Hmm. This I am I am higher on this than even the Batman. And it is it is because and I and I sort of alluded to this a little bit um, in our in our first episode in this DC fandom series. Um, You know, when when looking at the trailer for Wonder Woman 1984, I'm like, it looks great, but I am still stung from the third act of the first Wonder Woman movie. This, I think, equally looks great and fun. And I have so much faith in James Gunn. I just that's that's the only reason why I'm I'm excited about it. I mean, I think the cast is amazing. I think there's some some really fun um, characters that they're going to be thrown out there, played by some really amazing fun actors. Captain Boomerang throws boomerangs. We see it at least. It happens at least once. Thank God. At least once. Thank God. Um, so I I I am am cautiously optimistic about it. I don't know. How do you, how do you feel about it, Rob? I'll see it at some point. Oh my God. You guys, are you serious? I love no. Jane. Jane Guardians of the galaxy one and two are so great. And I love them so much that I just have complete confidence in James Gunn. I don't, I, I don't question that it will be um, a good movie. I just, you're not, I don't see myself going to a midnight premiere. Like let's no. say I would probably see it maybe opening week. Uh, of the film it's just i don't know i mean who knows i do i do all the the cosplay stuff so it's possible i'll be there for opening weekend if i have a good enough costume no like i love the fact that we have we're getting king shark i will say i think mongal looked pretty bad um but uh no like i it seems like it's fun and there's the classic suicide squad comic books um who's the writer is uh, escaping me right now um, but it's uh, such a well-respected series. Do you got it? John Ostrander. Yes, the, the Ostrander stuff that people loved, but was never like a big book, right? It was never like the book right. everybody talked about, but everybody who read it loved it. Yes. And so I feel like, I think it's just the, you're still stung from the previous Suicide Squad movie and then Birds of Prey um, from yeah. my end. So it's one sure. of those, like, I know, it. I like that James Gunn was saying that basically they let him make the movie he wanted to make. And that to me is the key thing is DC learning to step back and let the creatives do what they want. Yes. Um, because yes. the last thing that I want to see is halfway decent characters thrown into a movie where they're fighting a bunch of like people made out of mud and a sky beam and a lady that's dancing and that makes her evil. And like <laughs> the first suicide squad movie is such a mess of a film um, that is one of those like, no, I'll, I'll go and see it. 
I hope I hope it is a Guardians of the Galaxy in that it's a movie that nobody really asked for, that nobody necessarily wants with a lot of characters people have never heard of before. And then you start seeing people wearing Polka Dot Man t-shirts, you know, mm-hmm. within a month after this movie coming out. Everybody loves everybody loves Mongal and Polka Dot Man. Like I that'd be fantastic. I mean, he did it for Groot and Rocket Raccoon. Yep. And and I guess I follow the filmmakers more than the, the characters because, you know, if if it was announced that Taika Waititi was doing Batman versus Superman, I would be like, fuck yes. Like, I don't care how much I mm-hmm. hated the first one, you know, and if it was announced that Zack Snyder was doing Guardians of the Galaxy 3, I would be like, fuck no. Right. Yeah. So it's not like, oh, I'm stung by the first Suicide Squad movie. It's like I'm stung by David Ayer and Warner Brothers. Whereas this is, you know, James Gunn and I trust him. And so I'm excited exactly like Taika Waititi. I'm really hoping like, you know, James Gunn is going to, is going to go back to Marvel and, and wrap up his Guardians of the Galaxy trilogy after this. Right. Um, right. I'm and really feels, hoping. Go ahead. No, I was, it, it feels like James Gunn is almost the bigger selling point than Harley Quinn for this movie. Oh yeah. And I'm hoping they give him Fantastic Four down the line. Well, and, and one of the things that I, like, I hadn't heard that he had said that they allowed him to make the movie. And that, that was my biggest, my biggest uh, concern was I, I think he would, you know, he's going to do a great job with whatever they give him, but did they leave him alone to actually let him do it? And so if you're saying that he feels like he's happy with the product, then that makes me more excited about the film. And he has said that he considers his movie a direct sequel to the Ostrander comics. Interesting. Okay. He made, he made that statement. That's what this is. This is a sequel to John Ostrander's run on Suicide Squad. Interesting. And I will have to read that before I go see the movie. <laughs> so I'm stoked. This is the one that I think is going to meet my expectations. <laughs> I mean, honestly, from the ones that are out there, I, I get it. I absolutely get it. Yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> so much can go wrong. <laughs> <laughs> it's so true. <laughs> All right, what's next? What are we? What are we? What are we doing? Next? We got uh, Legacy of the Bat. Oh yes. So briefly, all they really said is it's a new comic book miniseries. They talked about the creators, but the big takeaway seemed to be that it's focusing on Lucius Fox's family and is like like they didn't say it would, which is kind of weird. Maybe that means it's not actually written yet because they said it may feature a Batman of color. So the thought for those of us that read comics falls on Lucius Fox's son who became the hero Batwing. That was kind of like an Iron Man slash Batman thing where it's like a a, a robotic kind of suit. Really? Is that a thing? I'm going to Google that right now. Is that a thing? Yeah. Yeah. Batwing was part of the new 52. And I feel like Batwing started as a hero in Africa and then became later on it was Lucius Fox's son. I didn't follow the comic. So I don't want to talk out of turn there. But I just thought, the, I thought Batwing was the name of his jet. It is. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it can be two things. It can be two things. That's right. Oh, uh, this looks cool. Was there? Is there any? Is there a review of this you could offer up at all? Of the what comic? Was the, what was the word on Batwing as as a hero as a comic? I felt like the people that read it enjoyed it. It wasn't I. There was too much going on with the new Fifty Two. I kind of just stuck to my guns and read the Green Lantern books, which is kind of where I stayed in terms of DC um, when the new 52 happened. Created by Grant Morrison. I'm in. Yeah. So I believe the character came out of the Batman Incorporated series, which is where you saw Batman sort of analogs created around the world. 
and I believe Batwing was located. And I, I'm going to sound like your stereotypical white guy and say Africa, you know, right, the, the country of, of Africa. Yeah. Um, so I don't know specifically where in actually part of me wants to say Zimbabwe, but I, no. I might, I'm probably wrong. The first Batwing is David Zavimbi, a Congolese police officer created by writer Grant Morrison within the pages of Batman Incorporated prior yes. to receiving his own series. And Following then I thought that, later on it was Lucius Fox's son. Yes, by Lucas Luke Fox, an yep. American mixed martial artist who had been Batman's first choice in the role, who is also the son of Batman's close associate, Lucius Fox. I'm going to dive into this and find out more about it. I didn't know this character even existed. Do it. Do it. So uh, my thought would be if that was a character and they're going off of established canon, that that might end up becoming this Batman of color. Um, mm-hmm. Otherwise, I guess we'll, we'll kind of see. I know there's a lot of people that talk about the story of Batman. Like, could you ever have the Batman story, but just with like a black actor in the role? And that idea that, well, it, the story of Batman is such a white story because it all comes from this established wealth um, that he inherits, you know, and that's a big part of his his story. So, the, but this is, you know, if this is a future tale, alternate universe tale, I don't see any reason why not. Like, yeah, there's, there's, uh, is there a reason for a person of color to want to uh, put on a mask and go start some shit to, to fight what they see as a, a corrupt world? Maybe. I mean, maybe there's, those heroes do exist. They just, you know, maybe haven't existed in, as Batman in large part, but would you just, you just described, you know, every non-white hero out there, I think, um, yeah. which as far as this, how this revol- revolves around, the the Batman identity that's that's an idea that Joe and I have been kicking around behind the scenes, right, Joe? Like to talk about, you know, Batman's not a popular character, uh, not a popular superheroic figure in today's political climate, right? Like, a- no, it really like I I will include the the Twitter thread that you sent me, but it was yeah, it was basically describing how you fix the problem of Batman just being a violent. A, a more violent cop than the cops is like the, the cops are already violent and now he's just doesn't have any laws he has to abide by. Right. Right. He's just, he's a rich white guy who has all of these, all his financial resources, but instead of like, you know, <laughs> instead of tackling that, like in, as a, as a uh, philanthropist, which he does do some as Bruce Wayne, but he also puts on a costume and goes out and beats up poor people, like poor criminals. <laughs> like, okay. You know, so there's, there's some really cool, fun critiques um, of him floating around Batman as a character floating around on Twitter. And um, I think or like this- on, on SNL, <laughs> You was know, there, the, no, there's an SNL sketch of like, you guys talking about Batman. He broke my brother's rib because it's, it's Bruce oh. Wayne, like doing like a food <laughs> shelf thing, or he was like giving out presents to, to, to low income, you know, families and stuff. And they're like, Oh, talking about Batman. Someone's got to do something about that guy. That's you know? <laughs> he punched my cousin in the face. That's said, great. Like, whatever. Yeah. It's Ooh, entertaining right now. Okay. Um, but yeah, this, obviously this story, I feel like DC is probably aware of some of that out there and they're, you know, Oh, totally. This is not the first um, bat. This wouldn't be the first Batman of color, though. Does anyone know? Uh, can anyone tell me what the first? Well, at least the first that I'm explicitly aware of. <laughs> um, um, yeah, I, I know Batman we've had Beyond. No, well, Batman Beyond. Ter- no, Terry McGinnis um, is a. I don't want to speak out of turn and say completely white kid. Um, no, I'm sorry. I was thinking Spider Man 2099. 
Right. Miguel O'Hara, who yeah. is, yeah. Um, I'm trying to think I, I would, I would have to say, of course, at some point there's been so many different stories um, that would be hard to think not because most characters have had iterations where they're either um, a different gender or a different uh, race. Um, yeah. That, I'm, when trying, I'm, I'm trying to think off the top of my head, like I have Justice League Elseworlds 1, 2, and 3 sitting on my shelf, but I want to say in all of those, it's uh, Batman's a white dude. The one that I'm thinking of is Paul Pope's Batman 100, year 100. Hmm. And I've read and, it, but yes. I thought he's... He's Latino. Too. He's Latino. Oh, okay. Actually. Yeah. Um, God, it's been forever since I read that thing. God, that's such a great book. I <laughs> freaking <laughs> love that book to death. Uh, but yeah, yeah, the Batman in, in the or the the hero that plays Batman in that comic is a uh, is Latino. I'm trying to remember. I'm trying to look up his name here. I don't remember his name exactly. Yeah. But but I mean, there's been other passings of the cowl type of thing. You know, you had. Uh, I mean, uh, Jim Gordon was Batman for a while. Right. Talk about your whole super cop thing where all the Batman money and technology goes to the GCPD to let them use it. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's where you got the whole thing. We're so digressing, though. Do we want to do we want to keep rolling? Because while I think while we're talking about superheroes of color, that rolls straight into the next thing, which is the return of Milestone. Yeah, this was the um, this was the surprise panel, right? Yes. Yeah, where they said there's a surprise DC panel and they didn't say what it was. Mm hmm. Yeah, that was a lot of speculation as to what that could be. Um, I, I, I find it interesting, but also a little underwhelming from the notes that I wrote, where they're like, there's a new Static Shock comic coming out, but it's only going to be digital. And then they're putting out graphic novels. So that might just be because that's what comics are turning into nowadays, where it's either trades or digital, where it comes digital first, and then maybe they'll put it out in, like they did that with the Injustice comic and stuff, where then they'll put it out in either single issues or trades, but they said like, maybe there'd be a static shock movie someday. And it's one of those, like you come harder than that. That was my first thought was that. And, and I didn't really pay attention to the, the, the specific language that they use, but I thought if they're rolling this out as comics, it's probably because they want to set the stage for the eventual films based on these comics. But Maybe I was getting ahead of myself there. That was my first know. thought. That's the, oh. A lot of the milestone characters, um, well, a number of them do show up in the Young Justice cartoon that um, was on Cartoon Network and then the, the DC Universe app. Mm. You know, Static does show up. Um, Icon and Rocket are there. Um, and uh, what's the other character? Bumblebee, I think, was a milestone character. Yeah, was it Bumblebee? I know Blood Syndicate was one of the... Uh, Icon was another one of the right, titles. Icon and Rocket are definitely there uh, in the Young Justice cartoon. So the, the nice thing is the characters have been introduced in some media already, but uh, it'll be interesting to see how the those work because most comic stores are not populated by younger readers. So I don't know if it's trying to snag, you know, but that's whole, I mean, that's the whole DC restructuring thing is they're targeting YA audiences with more, um, graphic novels rather than monthly, you know, paper comic books. I guess I read this as DC trying to follow Marvel's kind of um, like diverse, you know, kind of a socially conscious. Um, I all guess. new, all different Marvel. Yeah. Where it was 
Captain America is now the Falcon. So you have a black Captain America. You have a yeah. female Thor. Yeah. You have a, yeah, a and, mixed and race Spider-Man. You have yeah, exactly. um, uh, a, a, um, a, a Muslim, is it a Pakistani teenager as mm-hmm. uh, Miss Marvel? Marvel yeah. You have, yeah. And then, and then came comics gate, uh, right. which I think you would see again with DC, but maybe in DC they're saying, well, we're not changing. We're not giving you a black Batman necessarily, maybe in this one story, but like, but Batman is still Batman. We're going to bring back what was an attempt in the past to make um, comic books that were intent. You know, it was the BET of comic books, right? Yes. Um, of, of trying to make content for and by people of color, specifically with Dwayne McDuffie at the head. Yes. Who um, wrote and came up with a lot of the plots for like the justice league unlimited cartoon and stuff like dude knows his stories uh, no longer with us, but um, left a huge mark on the comic book industry. Right. Instead of, you know, like you said, having casting Michael B. Jordan as the next Superman, they're bringing back icon who was like the Superman character of milestone comics. Yeah. So that will be interesting to see. Oh, I'm super excited about this. I love those comics when they were out in the 90s. I, re- I remember them as being image comics, though, not DC comics. I was kind of, I was like, oh, were those under DC? But they were just distributed by DC, I think. It could have been. But then at the same time, Jim Lee's Wildstorm was acquired by DC Comics. Right. When he came aboard. Yeah, so a lot maybe of buying was, up. Yeah, maybe it was part of that. I honestly yeah. don't know. I felt like Milestone was part of it. Um because didn't some of that come out of like the Bloodlines event or something that DC did? I think they so. tried introducing other new edgy characters, and then they also did Milestone. But right. a, a lot of companies have done that a lot. Like uh, Marvel has had several imprints. You know, is the term that's used is sort of like their separate line um, of comic books. The same way DC had Young Animal. I don't know if they still do or not, or if that got cut. I'm hoping this isn't just like kind of a last minute thrown together. Oh shoot, we have to seem like we're diverse. You know, like. Let's yeah. just throw this back out there. It, it, I'm worried now that that's, you know, this is kind of a, what's the word? Um, this is uh performative, you know? Sure. I hope not because these were some really cool characters. I mean, obviously like static shock, I feel like has a huge like following and fan base, even going back to the animated series. Right. Yeah. I was going to say he's got, he's kind of the breakout yes. character from all of those that, that really made a name for himself. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Really I mean, in the end, it's all going to come down to book sales. Mm-hmm. It's all going to come down if they're making things that are, are the have a specific demographic in mind that they're selling to. If those people don't buy and spend the money, then it's going to go away. And so it's one of those things, you know what I mean? We're like, we're doing this thing. You guys wanted this thing, but then nobody bought this thing. So you can't blame us now for going back and just telling stories about Batman and Superman and Wonder Woman. Right. And if you're, and that's, I mean, we've talked about it a little bit, but if you're targeting that audience, that would be, if you're trying to get a diverse audience, but you're not giving them access to it, because I can see if this is, if you can only get this digital and then maybe at some point in a trade form, but it doesn't come out in single issues where people can kind of just pick it up off the shelf. Uh, is everybody going to have access to it? Like, does everybody have, is everybody going to subscribe to some sort of, of digital service? Like, uh, was it a comicsology? Yeah. Um, that's the one that goes through Amazon. 
It's like how many people, how many, how many young people, if that's your target audience, have their own accounts? I mean, we tend to because we're we're older. We have our own jobs. Um, but no, the, the but goal would be that. to get those trades into uh, school book fairs mm. because that's where, as I understand it, trade paperbacks are big business. Because yeah. um, there are kids reading comic books. Because Scholastic is like the number two distributor of comic books, you know, of trade paperbacks because they do it through their book fairs. So there's all of these these. Um, because I have my friends and their kids are like, my kids love reading graphic novels and that's what they call them because that's what they are. They're not ongoing stories that have been split up into trades. They're each their own individual story. Um, and so I think that's the goal. I think that's why they're aiming for a YA audience is a big part of the new DC push is pushing things towards YA because that's where they know the money is um, because that's when those kids start getting expendable income and that's where you got Harry Potter and you got Twilight and you got, uh, uh, hunger games. And, you know, it's all this YA content that also appeals to an older audience who are looking for, if not lighter fare, you know, something that maybe feels more nostalgic or whatever, how, however it happened that those series also appeal to an older audience is that's where they want to go and, and target. So it's, going to be interesting to see how they try to go about doing it because not every area has a comic book store certainly not post covid i mean most comic stores were barely staying in business as is they relied solely on people having in-store subscriptions and then picking up their in-store subscriptions because it's also sort of a pandemic within the comic shop world where people order comics and so the store pays for them and buys them and then the people don't show up and pick them up yeah right you know so it's going to be interesting doing a, a little more digging about this. I didn't realize that this has been, they've been trying to get this off the ground for a minute, bringing back milestone. Uh, I was unaware that Jim Lee announced it a few years ago, a re the return of milestone comics. And then they unannounced it. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, it fell through, I guess um, there was creative delays and a court case um, from Dwayne McDuffie's widow. And so now they're now they're re-announcing it now with specific dates and projects, like you said, you know, trade and stuff and a digital comic. But apparently this is, yeah, been something they've been trying to do. Um, and uh, yeah, one of all, they have all the, they have all the founders, all the surviving founders now on board, whereas previously they didn't. Cool. Well, that's cool. It sounds like it's going to be moving forward. Yeah, that's, oh God, I would love to see movie versions of these characters. Oh my God. <laughs> that's exactly where my brain goes. Like, yes. Like when, whenever DC gets around to doing their infinity war, you know, to have all these characters mm -hmm. together on screen, I wonder what that would, I mean, I guess it would have to be a crisis movie, right? Ugh. <laughs> Rob, Rob, what is what is the the DC Secret Wars or Infinity Gauntlet story besides Crisis? Besides Crisis, it would be the other crises. <laughs> no. I'm not kidding. I mean, you, you have you have other big stories like Blackest Night, which would be really interesting. But Blackest Night was built on continuity, just because of, I won't get into it because you know that's just wasting more time explaining why. But you had. Uh, crisis on infinite earth then you had zero hour then you had um infinite crisis you had final crisis you had identity crisis you had all of the crises Good like Lord. that's 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 dc's bread and butter like there's other events our worlds at war um stuff like that um if, if 
DC has crises. Does that mean that Marvel has wars? Because there's Secret War, Civil War, Infinity War. I mean, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. well, and we also uh, Marvel also does the the Infinity. The Infinity comes up every every four to five years. Like there's there's Infinity War, there's Infinity Gauntlet, there's Infinity Crusade, there's uh, right. all sorts of. Infinity. I mean, when when they let Jim Starlin kind of run free with his graphic novels, Infinity's in the title of everything. Because it started with Infinity Gauntlet, then Infinity War, then Infinity Crusade was sort of his trilogy. But then he moved on by doing Infinity Abyss, Infinity Siblings, Infinity, uh, I don't know. I mean, Marvel The End is part of that. But yeah, that's that's what I would see DC doing. It's just maybe they, I mean, I think if you put Crisis in there, like that's the big symbol. To, it's like putting Infinity in the name of, of the Marvel movie. That's the big sign to the fans that this is the big one. Yes. It's just... The whole point of of um, Crisis on Infinite Earths was to clean up continuity between Earths one and two, and then all of the side stories that people had written that didn't make sense along with everything else. So, um, which came off of Crisis on Multiple Earths, which was the first meeting of um, the Justice Society of Earth one and the Justice League of Earth two. I got that backwards. Well, when they say Flashpoint, fans know oh, cool, they're going to do that story, right? Which was kind of another crisis in itself because Flashpoint launched the New 52, which was a brand new continuity. Right. Sort of. Now, but when we talk about Infinity War at Marvel, that is a Thanos-specific story. And it was not there to clean up continuity. No, the Marvel stories are the big universe-shaking crossover, as many tie-in comics as you can make. All of the characters. I loved it as a kid. My favorite comic book of all time was Infinity Gauntlet as a kid because it had all of the characters in it. So So you would. Yeah. So let's look at it this way then. Okay. If that's the Thanos storyline, the the equivalent at DC is Darkseid, right? What is the Darkseid story? It's not Crisis, right? None of the crises are are Thanos specific, are they? No. um, Specific. No. Crisis on Infinite Earths was about the anti-monitor. What about um, the, if they're building the dark side? What is the was, story? Well, I mean, you have recently you have dark side war um, stuff that's happened more recently. Like the impetus of the Justice League in the New Fifty Two was fighting off Dark Side. Uh, the creation of uh, in the New Fifty Two, the Earth Two comic with that Justice Society that had the like Black Superman and stuff like that. That was all based on a world where Dark Side invaded and the heroes lost. And then this was like that second crop of heroes. Um, there's, oh my God, what is it called? It's not, it's not generations. Oh, my brain is boiling. Um, there is, there is a big storyline uh, that involves dark side. Um, but there's also a lot of stories that involve dark side, but there was one in particular that I believe was the early nineties. I want to call it milestone. I'm not going to look it up. Cause you're going to, you'd hear me typing away furiously to, to try and find it. Um, but some of those stories do exist, but I think it's the Justice League story. It's we all need a reason to band together. Apocalypse is coming and invading. Or you pull any of the apocalypse storylines from like the cartoon. Because in my mind, a lot of the people that are now teenagers are people that potentially grew up on that Justice League cartoon, right? John Stewart is their Green Lantern, not Hal Jordan. Right. You know what would be amazing is if they did Rock of Ages. In a heartbeat, you'd have me there. Yeah. <laughs> that would be that might be a little too Grant Morrison-y for movie audiences. They would probably have to simplify it a little bit, right? 
Oh, totally. Because the, the Rock of Ages story goes nuts. But just doing sort of the time travel thrown into your future body, Dark Side is yes. um, kind of story. And, I, and especially without the spoilers, because fucking go read it. Oh, Some God. of the, the best comic book stuff ever. And I think Kevin Smith's favorite comic book moment of all time is Green Arrow and the Atom versus Dark Side. That's an amazing. We th- I thought that. Infinity War was building to a version of that with Hawkeye and Ant. <laughs> yeah, the, no, we totally talked about that on one Ant-Man of our episodes. in the butt. Yeah, <laughs> much I love Rock of Ages, but to me, and it's not that long ago, or maybe I'm just old, but to me, that's the story. Like, you know, that's the. If I don't know if you say Rock of Ages, do enough comic fans go, "Holy shit, they're doing that"? I think I think you would just say Grant Morrison's JLA. Yeah. Because then you get all that wonderful Batman stuff against the White Martians and right. uh, their age of old like Tower of Babel. Yeah, DC one million and um, yeah, but a man, if you get the Android Hour Man showing up, uh, <laughs> I bite so hard. I have uh, I collected that entire solo series that he he had um, that I thought was just wonderful, just a, a really 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 nice uh, comic book. But yeah, I think you can do so much, you know, if, if, if Marvel keeps doing going cosmic, which they should. And honestly, if you want to give Zack Snyder a Marvel movie, give him a Marvel cosmic movie. Cause the whole thing's a big green screen thing anyway. And I Not think the visuals would be outstanding. The story Snyder wouldn't be. <laughs> any Marvel things. <laughs> never, never. Not even, not even like, no. Bob? <laughs> Listen. <laughs> don't even put that out in the universe <laughs> put that out in the universe <laughs> fair enough fair enough but if marvel's gonna go cosmic then uh let dc go mythic do underworld unleashed do justice league dark give us a better you know wrap constantine into a story with superman because they don't work necessarily well at all together but superman is you know vulnerable to magic and stuff so that's <clears throat> that almost brings it back to the whole flash conversation of what you could yeah. do, but like, give me that because yeah. I love seeing the intersection of Batman with the occult where he's trying yeah. to, he's trying to science his way around magic. Yes. Yes. Well, a couple my, my buddies and I were just geeking out about the possibilities with Batman. And I brought up that back in the nineties at some point, wizard magazine, uh, you know, when they used to do their casting call, Absolutely. They had one where they had a version of a Batman movie that was that took place in the sewers underneath Gotham and featured Killer Croc as the villain as a sort of alien type suspense horror take on a Batman story. Yeah. And how cool that would be. But this is where I start to get frustrated because I'm like, oh, there's all these all this potential. For stories and they're and in, and instead we're gonna see him fight Catwoman and the Penguin again. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we've got. I mean, could we do part three of this on uh, as uh, an episode of and sometimes Rob on the Snyder Cut? And could we do part four as another Geekitude episode on the Batman? I I'm think okay. that's the plan. Uh, we might. We'll probably have to, knowing how long we yeah and how deep we get into these things. Okay, because I want to talk. For an hour, about <laughs> so that's our plan. Yeah. yeah, yeah. All right, so that's the that's the plan. 
I love I, I love listening to you guys talk DC because I just take notes on stuff that I need to read because it's just not my it's not my world. I've, I've been saying for years how much of a crime it is that that I haven't had Ray on for you know a four hour super podcast. I forget I forget how how much I dove into DC there for a minute. I just always I remember the Marvel stuff because of the X Men and Spider Man and stuff. But then yeah, I spent there was a while that you know what it was it was when I caught up on all of the major, you know, comic books that were out there, like the, the important capital I important stories. And I realized how many of them were DC and vertigo. And I went, Oh shit, maybe I should give this other company, you know, some, some time. Mm -hmm. That's when I dove into like green lantern and Superman and justice league. But it was, it was that one summer I had, I was working, I was, you know, 16 years old. I had a full-time summer job. So I had money I didn't know what to do with. And my mom took me to Golden Apple Comics in Hollywood on Melrose. And I had a whole check, <laughs> a, whole, <laughs> a whole paycheck. And I swear to God, in one day, I bought the first uh, trade of Preacher. I bought the first two Sandman trades. I bought Mouse. I bought Watchmen. I bought uh, Dark Knight Returns. I bought... Um, this is all in the first, in one, one visit. Baptism and, by fire. No, really? No, really? And what else was in that stack? There was a couple more. There was uh, Strangers in Paradise. It was because I had been collecting Wizard the Magazine for a while. And I, had, I yeah. kept reading about these stories they kept referring back to. I also bought Batman Year One that day. And, um, <laughs> and I also bought um, the, the, the Dark Phoenix Saga that day. And so <laughs> it, was like my, it was my like, okay, I'm going to catch up. And it was summertime. I didn't have a girlfriend. I had a job, I had a full-time job. And I said, this is what I'm going to do. And so I read all of those in one summer and I realized like, there's a lot going on in Vertigo and DC. And so, so I, I dipped into Hellblazer after that. I dipped into um, Swamp Thing after that. And just, you know, it was DC was where the stories were happening. Once I, once I let go of the, of the gritted teeth a million hash, you know, cross hatched marks on everything. And I said, Oh, okay. You know, uh, there's some Sandman artists that are like Sam Keith that are doing way different things than I'm used oh, to, yeah. but I'm actually finding a love for it. Then I was able to sort of access all of these stories and all the storytelling. And then that's when Grant Morrison redid justice league. And I was hooked. Awesome. <laughs> it was it, it's 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 ray's origin story <laughs> it really is yeah. right yeah wow that's so fun i forgot about all that all right well then the to follow this conversation further we are going to i think attack and i i did not not choose that word um lightly uh the snyder cut on <laughs> and sometimes rob it very shortly <laughs> There's a lot uh, there. There's a lot, there's a lot in that there. Hallelujah trailer. Jesus Christ. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, I will. I will uh, just move on to shoutouts. Shoutouts for anybody. Lots Rob, of silence. Yeah, we don't like anybody. We only <laughs> we like, like ourselves. <laughs> <clears throat> uh, I put in anybody who comes over to my show. Um, for the other parts or the, the, the people that are putting up with us doing big crossover episodes and hopping back and forth between feeds. Um, I, I will, I, I will point out that you. 
I will point out that you had said in our, our little like figuring out how this was all going to work that your, your um, issue of this crossover has the holographic uh, trading card on it. And I think that was, uh, that made me so happy. Yes. We <laughs> talked about doing the, you know, premium foil covers. And I said that mine has the trading card inside the comic, because if anybody remembers having those, they're the most frustrating thing in the world, but you still don't do anything about it because you don't want to wreck your comic book. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Allude to that exchange. We are going to actually do part three and part four of this. It's not going to be like uh, the old Valiant comics that were, <laughs> that were issued and never <laughs> right. actually... I think that was image artist's fault where they had like a death mate black remember like never came out or I think came out three years after the fact. <laughs> yeah. This, this we've already got, we got, we're getting it on the schedule as soon as we hang up. So great. great. My shout out is going to be to um, the guys that, that do cartoonist kayfabe on YouTube Ed Piscor and Jim rug. If I'm telling you that, that, that channel has been my obsession this week. Please go check it out. Awesome. Uh, this podcast contains music. That music is by Ben Sound. We can use music, Ben Sound's music, thanks to a Creative Commons license. We say this so we don't get sued. If you like the music we use, you can go to bensound.com for more of it. Don't tell him we sent you. It's a secret. <laughs> I so can't. I so can't. All right. Uh, Geektitude is a proud member of the geek to geek network. Our network now has nine podcasts, the geek to geek podcast, tea time with Katie and Chelsea, Disney forever. You can't stop me. Love and K-pop the Nerdberg review, my HGTV addiction, JRPGs and me dragon quest FM. And sometimes Rob multiple Twitch streamers, capsule J and Bama shocks, multiple bloggers on the geeky blog, uh, Geekery blog, sorry, a new digital magazine for patron backers called Press Start. In other words, if this is the only show you're listening to or engaging with, what the <laughs> fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> uh, go out there and explore. Find your next favorite creator. It's okay. We don't mind sharing your love. I couldn't have said it better myself, Rob. This is like, great. Uh, <laughs> Then come and talk with us and all the other great people in our community by heading to geek2geekmedia.com or on Reddit, Slack, and Discord. So whenever you choose to chat, you'll find us. Uh, but your homework isn't done yet. Once you realize the insane amount of fun, friendship, and feng shui <laughs> are to be gained by joining our community, we'd love it if you spread the word this show can be found at geektitude.com and your family friends and mortal enemies can find this show on most podcatchers out there so whether they have apple Podcasts, stitcher google play whatever tell them to give us a listen we'd really appreciate it as for myself you can hit me up via email at joe hogan at geektitude.com follow the show on twitter at geektitude or follow me personally at epic grays and gentlemen where can our listeners find you? Well, I, well, let me just fully absorb all that. Uh, you can find me on various social media platforms at Ray Vargas three. That's at Ray Vargas. And then the number three. And if you want to check out my artwork, you can head over to my website, which is Ray Vargas com. You can find me on Twitter at Nobi. That is K N O W B Y. And uh, I have my own little channel over on the Geek to Geek Slack that's called Rob and Comics. 
I had to mute my mic because I was laughing too hard. (laughs) Uh, Rob, sir, always a pleasure to have you on the show. Very happy that we're doing another one of these. Uh, For everybody else out there listening, remember this week, keep it 